Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. All right, Billy, I, I know you know about everything. Of course I do. I know. And what you don't know, you even make up. But I, I have a question for you. I have an okay. etiquette question for you. All right. Let's see. Raulito de mi vida. Let's see. All right. You're at a hotel room. I know you're a world traveler and you, you spend a lot of time in hotel rooms. Sure do. A housekeeping comes around and knocks on your door. Min for your pillow. I'm always like, go away. Come back later. No, 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 no. But, 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 but you, you, you want your room to be cleaned. Oh, you, got it, you, got want, it, okay. you want it made up. So you need new towels. You want your sheets changed. You want to refill that mini bar. Cause I Definitely know you be- do. I want some, of, get, get me more of that Jack Daniels in there. Okay. All right. So what are you going to do? Here's the question. Do you leave the room and let her clean or do you stay there while the lady cleans? I usually just like go down to the pool and just walk around the pool or you know walk around the hotel not like i don't i don't stay by the way it could be a he it could be a he it could be a he he. it could be a he that's right um yeah no i usually leave the room but really i i didn't do that no louise what what do you mean you stayed while they cleaned? Yeah, we just kind of stood there looking at each other. Si como estuviéramos en una película de Sergio Leone o algo. What? Oh my God, that is so <laughs> awkward, Raul. Eso está súper raro. Pero you know what? Like, you should just let them clean your room without you being there. But whatever. I love Oops. you anyway. Te adoro. <laughs> Tip de etiqueta hotelera número 742. Si vienen a limpiarte la habitación y quieres que te limpien la habitación, sal de la habitación. Follow us for more tips on Billy, Raúl and la música. <risa> Jack Daniels presenta Billy, Raúl y la música. Tu podcast de confianza sobre el estado de la música en español y la gente que la hace posible. Yo soy Pili Montilla. Y yo soy Raúl Campos. El setlist de hoy. Okay, today's show is pretty incredible. It's a bit of a geographic contradiction because we're going a little bit all over the world. We go from yes. the snowy peaks of Switzerland to the deserts of Ecuador. Dude, I'm so excited for this one. Billy, I know, I remember when I first told you, you got to check out these two guys, Los Hermanos Gutierrez, Alejandro Dude. and Esteban. They're Swiss. From an Ecuadorian mother, and but they make beautiful instrumental, almost atmospheric music with those two guitars. It's, that's it. It's just two guitars and not a whole lot else. I have to say, I was super excited about this um, this episode, this interview. Not only because I became quick fans of them as soon as you suggested that I needed to listen to them, and I was like, "Oh my God, what is this magical sound that I'm listening right now?" But also because it was a magical interview we got to see them at a private concert at kcrw thanks to dj raul campos and the people and our friends at kcrw and got to interview esteban and alejandro los hermanos gutierrez right after the concert so it was like it was awesome because it was like fresh you know their performance was like fresh in our mind totally. and that i think really helped verdad como que really helped oh, the, yeah. the vibe of the interview 
And those studios at KCRW are pretty legendary. We've had oh so God, many yes. great performances come through. So when these two guys perform live on Morning Becomes Eclectic, we sort of nabbed them to uh, stick around a little bit extra after their interview and performance for Morning Becomes Eclectic. And the new album, it's awesome. It's the good and the bad, El Bueno y El Malo, produced by none other than Dan Arbach of the Black Keys. That's right. Their new album is a nod to the Westerns by Ennio Morricone and Sergio Leone. I mean, these guys really know what they're doing. It is magical. I, I keep gravitating to that adjective. Their music is magical. Te transporta a otros paisajes, a otros sentimientos. It's freaking amazing. He wanted to operate up to another, another level. So make it more rich. And, and, and yeah, he was so respectful with our music. And it really is like highly original and fascinating music because totally. precisely in that, um, como aridez, verdad? Como la aridez mm -hmm. del desierto, mm -hmm. in that apparent simplicity, you find a universe of emotions and sensations that just evoke a million different feelings and things. We really tried to structure the, the song so it has like this intensity of, um, yeah, telling something, you know, I think each song is like a mini movie for us. They really are super unique. A couple of guitars and just a whole lot of soul. It is beautiful. And Billy, we also have a little mini interview coming up, right? That's right. With the legendary music producer Sebastián Cris, a friend of ours, and the soundtrack that he did for La Usurpadora El Musical. So stick around to the very end of this episode of Pili Raúl en la Música with Los Hermanos Gutiérrez. I have to add, Raúl, that it's not only like the two guitars, it's also a whole bunch of attitude. Aquí estamos con go. Jack Daniels presenta Pili Raúl en la Música with Los Hermanos Gutiérrez. Well, super excited to have the guys here in the studio. We're at KCRW Studios. Very excited about this because it's home for me. But sitting here with the one and only Pili Montilla, welcoming who, Pili? Los hermanos Gutierrez. Pam, 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 pam. Hola, ¿cómo están? <laughs> Muy bien. How are you guys? Oh, we're amazing, man. Thank always you. amazing. Yeah, not always, <laughs> but right now I feel like uh, very good. Oh, we feel very good because we finally get to see you guys in person, live. Also, we just witnessed an amazing show that you guys performed here for KCRW. Thank you. And your music is so freaking magical. Yes, eh? un viaje musical. Um, you know, it's it's been a long journey for you guys. This is your fifth album, mm. and really, it's been it's it's been a bit of a, of a journey. How do you feel with with everything that's going on right now, and with the fact that you finally got an amazing producer tied to the project? And how did that having Dan Arbach in the project change your sound? Yeah, it's overwhelming in so many ways. And I remember when we started this project, it was always like because we wanted to reconnect as brothers and uh, have our own vinyls so we didn't do it for uh, like a big audience we just did it for our friends our family and maybe for past or future generations so they can listen to those vinyls um so yeah being now here in the present moment with dan Orbach as a producer it's it's hard to capture but i'm very happy and yeah, I think it's a once in a lifetime experience. It's like one of those pinch me moments, right? Mm. When oh, you get yeah. that call, like, yeah. hey, <laughs> yes. were you a fan of the Black Keys? Of course, yeah. Big fan and uh, but, and also big fan of his work as a producer. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, it could be better. How did he change your sound? 
He didn't change her sound. That's what he always wanted to keep uh, the essence of Hermanos Gutierrez. He never wanted to change it. He wanted to operate up to another another level. So make it more rich, and 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 yeah, he was so respectful with, with our music, and um, it was amazing. He was the right person to to work with, and um, yeah, it's we were at the at the, at the right place. Um, in Nashville, the easy I saw. Right, mm. yeah. yes. Such a great studio, great music town as well, right? But yeah. I, I want to take it back a little bit to the beginning. You guys are obviously brothers, and, you know, the, the connection of being siblings and performing together and playing guitar. Obviously, you started first, Esteban, playing mm -hmm. guitar, but talk to us how you picked up the, the guitar, Alejandro. Yeah, it was a way of missing my brother because he um, used to play the guitar all the time and he used to play those old milonga styles from Argentina, mm -hmm. very emotional, melancholic. So I just liked it a lot and then he left for a year to Ecuador and as a way of missing him, I started picking it up. I watched some YouTube tutorials um, like from surf music like Jack Johnson, like very simple mm -hmm. chords, you know, so right. I can just get into it. And I liked it. And then he came back and he was like, oh, all right, yeah, like, you play the guitar now. <laughs> well, that was the next yeah, question because, okay, you come back now home yeah. and you see this, your little brother yeah. now has picked up the guitar. How did that make you feel? I was so proud. And um, he played really good because at the beginning when he said, um, yeah, I started to play the guitar, I thought, um, yeah, I don't know what he's going to play. And, and um, he came up with stuff that I was like, yeah, he, he has his own style and I, I love it. And it was uh, beautiful to to play the first time together, and I remember that um, he he was living in Zurich, and um, yeah, w we missed each other. And then he ta he called me and said, "Hey, why don't you come? I think it was a Thursday night, and bring the guitar. Maybe we can play a bit." So I went there when we started to play because he had an idea, and he said something is missing on the song. Maybe you can play what you feel. And I tried some finger-picking style out and all of a sudden his roommate came into the room and said, wow, this is amazing, who, who is that? <laughs> and we were like, no, it's true, it's us. <laughs> it's us. And he was the one that said, you should create a band, you should go touring, oh, recording. Wow. And at that moment we, we, we decided, yeah, okay, let's do it. We are Los Hermanos Gutierrez, because our, our mother's from Ecuador, she's right. Gutierrez. And yeah, it, it was so easy. So what were you guys pursuing before that? I was working as a barista. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, right. making like those swans and uh, cappuccinos yeah. and stuff, like <laughs> little hearts. Oh, well, let me pass you my coffee. Can you make that <laughs> uh, Probably, I could do it again. <laughs> what so, were you doing, Esteban? Were you just like I, traveling the world? No, I was a primary school teacher. Oh. Yes. He's so intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, your music is instrumental. And so when you listen to it, there's not a written storyline for us as the listener. We come up with our own storyline when we listen to your music. Is that the same for you guys? Like when you're composing a music, are you thinking about it visually? Is there a story attached to it? Yeah. I love that question. It's, I think we try to tell a story like from very personal experiences, which is life. And every song has a title and every song has a background story. I think like even considering the structure of each song, we really, that's very intentional, you know. Um, it's the hard part is to get that melody, like mm -hmm. the first note, and then you try to search for the second one and you like building it up and you have like the first part and then you want to try the, the outro and like, just like that. But 
once you have the melody we really try to structure the the song so it has like this intensity of um yeah telling something you know i think each song is like a mini movie for us well there's this kind of beautiful imperfection in the music where it really is more of a feel and it evokes these these feelings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like did you guys ever think it's like no 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 we need to perfect it it needs to be perfect or did you you got like or did it was more like kind of thing where it just needs to flow yeah i mean i'm more the guy who whenever we have the mixing i struggle a lot because i want to have like the perfect notes and ah, i think stefan okay. is more like um those little details they're like the imperfect um stuff they're nice just leave it in there and i think we i had to let go a lot um but yeah i mean how hard was that uh, <laughs> a lot of work. i learned a lot with the last record with easy eye with yeah. dan arbuck um because it was just a new experience to be with a producer you don't know how he's functioning you don't know what kind of vision he's having so in the end i was just like trusting in the process and it's gonna be all right i have a nice story about my brother letting go um we were um recording the song los chicos tristes mm-hmm. and then um yeah we came up with the idea that the, the outro uh, he should play the the slide guitar and he usually is well prepared and, and he knows what he's gonna play and he he didn't ever um tried out the, the outro of chicos tristes and he, and he just grabbed the slide guitar and said yeah let me try it out and he came up with a one taker that you can listen on the chicos tristes track and it's beautiful yeah so that was his experience and uh, i told him hey that's it and he tried to like, to do, like do two, two takes <laughs> and it was the first take and he didn't think about it and he just let go and it was beautiful and you can you you can hear that on the, on the track Los one take tristes. alex they call him yeah. well, <laughs> well that, that's kind of one of the things you talked a little bit about you know dan arbach and having him come on but there's a song called tres hermanos and i gotta know when Dan picks up the guitar and starts playing the lick and he jumps on it. What was the look that you guys gave each other and be like, holy shit, this is Dan Arbach playing in our song. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is that he was the first one that ever played with us right. on a song. Right, we never right. played with somebody else. So we were ha- having the, the idea of, um, of that song. And then he came up and said, hey, guys, I hear a melody the, on the bridge. And he sang us the, the melody. Why don't you try this melody? And we tried in our style to 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 play that melody. We couldn't do it. And so I just put uh, gave him the guitar. Hey, why don't you play it? And he was like, okay, okay. And he did a one taker on the of melody. <laughs> and we just said, hey, that feels so good. And we were looking at each other, and it was just wow. Then Auerbach feeling our music and mm. right there, that we look ro- that you guys get yeah. each other for the first time. What did you think right then and there? I think that was the first moment of realization who we were sitting with in mm-hmm. that room. You know, uh-huh. like uh, his talent of being a musician and a producer and we were just so happy that um he's on board mm-hmm. that was so cool and he came up with the melody it sounds like cumbia and uh-huh. it's like i was so surprised mm-hmm. that was uh, that was cool yeah. talking about like cumbia and esteban knowing your passion for salsa mm-hmm. when you listen to your music it's re- very nostalgic and mm-hmm. very sad in a way you know mm-hmm. it just transports you to another place it taps into your deeper emotions but how do you like balance your love for something so with what you actually play I think in our music our music moves a lot so I think um, we have a lot of influences um, and at the end we just mix it and the essence is uh, hermanos Gutierrez no and um, yeah I always try to mix some sometimes bolero basses or salsa bass and the bongo has a, a bit of a, of a salsa pattern mm-hmm. 
and my brother also has a special pattern and yeah it's i don't know i don't know how we come up with ideas and it's just us it's yeah I, it was very cool also to watch you today playing Los Tres Hermanos and uh -huh. the new multitasking between the guitar a, and the percussion yeah. and then the cowbell. Yeah. Are, do you feel like eventually maybe you'll start adding more instruments? Yeah, I mean, we already did. On, on El Bueno El Malo, mm -hmm. we, we added some drums, which was a big, big step for because um, we always liked uh, the, like the small percussions mm -hmm. and, and adding drums was a, a step up and uh, we liked it and we loved it and we have also strings on El Bueno El Malo yeah. and some roads and uh, yeah we will see what the next album will bring. Mm. Well, you yeah. know, as, as a DJ on the radio um, we play a lot of instrumentals and usually we talk over the instrumentals mm -hmm. but with your music it's kind of difficult because uh, the guitar is kind of like a vocal mm -hmm. in your music yeah, yeah. and you just got to let them play there's no way you can talk over your music mm, yeah. because it really would be like talking over somebody singing and yeah. when did you guys figure that the guitar is enough even though you guys have added other elements to to the album but when did you guys figure that out that the guitar is plenty i think it was from the beginning mm. i think it was always it is what it is we never came up or we never tried to sing i don't consider myself a good singer you know so um i always thought i'm gonna let my play my guitar um play you know and sing so um yeah it was within those limitations maybe of uh, being creative that we always said like let's let's just keep it instrumental mm -hmm. i talked over I, a guitar <laughs> solo one time back in the day and it was over a wilco song and somebody <laughs> called and complained how could you be talking wow. about <laughs> how, how dare you so now i know don't talk over you learned your guitar lesson solo. yeah i learned my lesson so i i don't talk over your music i have something beautiful about my mother she she um taught me that um or she when i was playing the guitar um she came into a room and she said Haces llorar la guitarra. Mm. Wow. And that was something Qué like... Bello. Yeah, it was like... Haces llorar la guitarra. Sí, como you make forma, the guitar yeah, cry. I'm going to make the guitar play, uh, cry the, the, the way I play. And yeah, for me it was like, I don't have to sing over it. I, I can let the guitar sing the melody, you right, know. And speak for itself. Speak for itself. Yeah, you guys have talked about the influence of your grandfather in your lives mm -hmm. and your music. And you also mentioned that he's the first man that you actually saw crying. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever been so emotional over a song that you have cried while you're composing it or or while you're playing it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think every every song is a process of healing and maybe expressing ourselves through stuff that we're going through. I mean, we all have our experiences and it's my way of um, therapy, maybe. Mm. You know, I have those melodies. I don't know where they come from. I don't know what it is, maybe, but whatever it is, what is coming out, I just feel better after I have like a beautiful melody. Mm. Yeah, no, I've talked with a bunch of people about your music and turned a lot of people onto your music, but hearing them describe your sound and when is a good time to listen to your music. And I've talked to people and they say like, oh, this is great for the rain. And another mm -hmm. person said, this is great for <laughs> the sunshine. Mm -hmm. And another lady was saying like, oh yeah, I love just having a glass of wine mm -hmm. and with my dog next to me, listening to the music just boom through the entire house. Now, <laughs> being in LA, I do a lot of driving. So mm -hmm. for me, yeah. this is like road trip music. Yeah. Why do you think your music kind of fits into so many styles and places that people can actually enjoy it? I don't know. Maybe because we don't sing. Yeah. Maybe because it's instrumental. Maybe because it leaves just enough space to be there, you know, as an individual. 
and we're not trying to impose anything it's just like uh and since it's very minimalistic maybe there is enough space mm. so you can put your own stuff into it mm. i don't know it's a very interesting question and i think i'm just happy that you know this story for me that's the best mm-hmm. uh, so thank you so much for sharing that uh, makes my day Oh, cool. <laughs> and talking about space, like I witnessed today while you guys were playing, the use of space in your music. Like I noticed that you, Esteban, you kind of like towards the end of a song, you would wait until Alex, like the, you would let Alex's instrument just finish the song by itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. but I felt like you guys played with the space and you guys played with silence in a way yeah of course okay am i making sense yeah good okay (laughs) sometimes i don't and in my head it's like so clear (laughs) there's a beautiful japanese concept which inspired me in so many beautiful ways it's called ma just like the Mm. letter m and a and it's actually you can use it for a lot of aspects in your life and it stands for example in in music when you have a note and there's like a pause the silence and you have another note ma is the silence Mm. uh, you know so i think that is really helpful to maybe understand what we're trying to do because i think the space and the emptiness has the exact value of the note before or after that and that's what we're trying to do i think so i heard them up. oh that's amazing mm-hmm. that's yeah. beautiful <laughs> i feel complete now <laughs> well then then how do you describe the the mood that your music evokes it depends it depends i mean for example when i'm sad i can listen to sad songs so it makes me happy you know like this um, and I don't know, I, I hear a lot of people that say, hey, your music helped me out of um, a sad situation or like a, a, um, a difficult time. And that's beautiful. And at the end, I don't know how, how we can do it. Sometimes I feel that we're just like a, a portal from the universe and, and the music just comes through us. We had mm. this amazing experience in, a, in Santa Fe, in New Mexico. Mm. And I think at the second song, I started to cry. Mm. while, while we, I was playing and then I looked at my brother he was also crying mm. so we could feel the, this energy and it, it was amazing and I, I, I don't know we played the same set that we played the day before but it was something was there and also today it was I'm not saying that just for saying it but also today it felt like we were floating in some moments and I don't know it was beautiful you know to feel that energy yeah there was a time where, where you know it was brought up where you guys don't even look at each other but there's that feeling and you know it, it kind of goes even like to twins even though you guys are eight years apart but there is a that connection mm-hmm. with siblings and brothers and i'm sure you guys have to be tapping into that yeah i know my brother so well <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, for the better or worse right yes and Sometimes I forget what we're having, like mm. this connection, because it's so hard to put into words. But um, we've been together. I mean, I'm always being around him, and I just, I, just, I feel him. I mm. know what what he's doing, like how he plays. Uh, I feel his insecurities, his best moments, and his moments where he needs his space. And yeah, it's it's sometimes hard to really realize that. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you forget about it, and and the moment when we start to play the guitar, it's like it's like there again and and it feels like yes that's why we're doing this and it's it's beautiful yeah because you're like so in the moment yeah Yeah. it also kept us together in the last few years like doing music um it's not always been easy um but coming back together and make and create music is like our way of reconnecting talking about insecurities um you know especially now you guys are getting a lot of attention is there any sign of like imposter syndrome and if so how do you guys navigate through that 
I mean, there's a lot of exposure, of course. And I think going back to my family, to my mom's place is really grounding me mm. in so many ways because you can get lost so easily. You know, and um, everyone keep telling you like, oh, this is amazing. And if you don't have your feet on the ground, you, you're just like flying around and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. But I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm never going to be the best. So um, this helps me a lot to stay where I am and remind myself where I come from. Mm. Yeah, me too. I mean, you, you guys talk a lot about growing up and family and grandfather, dad, parents. You, you, and you can see that the connection there family is number one i'm curious just to to know what you guys were what you guys were listening to that they were playing that inspired you guys to kind of start this sound i mean i can i can hear santo and johnny you know mm. sleepwalk yeah. but you know where, where did it come from what were you guys hearing that said like we could do this i actually had a conversation with my mom last day about it but i can't remember which kind of music she was sharing with me um but by accident, I was listening to an old bolero from El Rosario de Mi Madre. Oh, yeah. And she came to my room and she was like, I know that song. And uh, it was funny to see that we both like the same stuff, even though it was her time. It was mm. her, like, I think she was in her mid-twenties. And uh, that was nice that to see, you know, we both liked music that was from her time, not my time, but we both like it. Um, and of course, our grandfather, he was the one showing us all those old boleros. And I think our father, he played a little bit of guitar, but it was not maybe like the person we were um, learning stuff from. Or maybe it was just like having that instrument in our house. Yeah, was an inspiration enough. Since you guys are so adamant about not singing, if you could think of one singer that could be part of Hermanos Gutierrez, who would it be? <laughs> could be dead or alive? Anybody? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Shade. Ooh. Maybe that'd be nice. Uh, maybe Mercedes Sosa. Mm. That'd be nice. Um, I don't know. I would love to have uh, Julio Jaramillo. Mm. To have, uh, or maybe Sandro, you know, Sandro yeah, of America. Course. <laughs> Sandro. <laughs> like, that would also be nice. That's right. Like, that'd be a telenovela, right? Yeah. That would be a telenovela. I love it. <laughs> and I love that they're like two completely different things that we're just yeah, hearing, exactly. you know? And, and it's kind of like the album, El Bueno y el Malo, mm. you know? And, and being a Gemini, I even kind of think about this a little bit. It's like, it's the two sides that, mm -hmm. that you guys have going on the yin and that the yang. kind of intermix beautifully. So, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys believe in duality. Some people don't believe in duality. It's in like good or bad, pretty ugly. I mean, it's, it really depends. It makes it easier sometimes to uh, accept things or like um, see things or uh, to understand things. But I think obviously it's uh, more diverse and has multiple layers to everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it makes it easy to, to um, understand processes for sure. Well, there's inspiration from the good, the bad, and the ugly, obviously, mm -hmm. and Ennio Morricone and all that, that that comes out. But uh, how does the title of the album fit into you two? ¿Quién es el bueno y quién es el malo? I think that's funny. It's actually not about that. I think it was that <laughs> moment of creating that song. Mm -hmm. I was in my brother's basement and um, I was playing a, a song by accident. I stayed on the chord longer than I usually did. And he looked at me and said, hey why don't you play like that? And he had a little notebook and he put it on the ground and he played another melody on top of it. And when I heard the first note, it just reminded me of Ennio Morricone. Mm -hmm. And since we're both um, brothers, just two of us, I just said like, this is going to be El Bueno El Malo. <laughs> and uh, so that's it. We were not like thinking, all right, I'm the good guy, you're the bad guy. It was mm. just really, it's that moment in my brother's basement. Mm. Plus, we're all both. Yeah. No yeah. más falto el feo. 
Es que no hay feo, solo hay belleza. So what's next for you guys? We will be back in June and then in fall we will have another tour in the States. And uh, yeah, it's going to be cool. So okay. I hope you have to keep it see. interesting. You know? You're yeah. right. The mystery. <laughs> no, I like it. Exactly. You're right. Make yourself rare and then. <laughs> well, yeah, just don't make us wait till the next Dia de los Muertos because <laughs> that set that you guys did at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh, did you see that? That was probably one of the most perfect music for that kind of setting. Mm. It was just one of those. It, it was transporting. Mm. And because. There was a little bit of wind and coolness in the air, and you just saw the smoke and just and kind just of flowing venue, back and forth. It's so eerie yeah. and so perfect. It was really magical. Yeah. It was really magical. Oh, wow. One of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Wow, wow. that's amazing. Thank you. Thank and you. he's it seen was, a lot of shows. <laughs> we've, we've all seen a lot of Thank shows. You. Being like really honest, it was hard for us being on stage. Why is that? I don't know. It was just a big stage, a big crowd, and there, there was a band before us. They were like much more. Um, yeah, they were up. They were dynamic, rocking. you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. So we felt very vulnerable being on that stage. Like, mm. all right, now we're just going to come with two guitars. So hearing that is uh, beautiful. Mm. No, it yeah, worked it, out. It, it totally changed the vibe and it put you in that setting. Mm. You know, like Billy said, that it's a, it's a little bit eerie because you're in a cemetery and it's got so much history. Mm. But then you guys just played to it. And it's almost like, yeah, this is what the music that should mm. be played here is. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. it was good. It was really Thank cool. You. Thank wow. you. So are you guys planning on moving to this side of the world anytime soon? Because you're both in Zurich right now, right? Yeah. Yes. Hopefully sooner or later, yeah. I feel good here on this side. Even uh, either like LA or Mexico, um, it's going to happen for sure. Mm -hmm. How's Europe treating you guys? Oh, I mean, it's the beginning of our history. Zurich as a base, it let us grow and we played in so many different tiny bars. And without Zurich, without Europe, I don't think we could have, um, mm -hmm. yeah done it mm. to come to the u.s and you feel more comfortable still in those more intimate vulnerable settings it it depends always um sometimes it's cool we just had a show um in mexico city two weeks ago mexico loves you yeah mexico yeah. is uh, like our <laughs> third base after the state <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had an intimate set of uh, maybe 300 people and it was beautiful but also playing on the festival uh, we also played the festival two days before which also was great so it always depends like the the, the, the diversity is, is great to have smaller sets bigger sets do you so prepare differently Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, you have to adapt to different venues and also uh, times. You know, you, I don't think you can play the same at eleven in uh, by night or yeah, like two right. o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So we always try to consider yeah. that. Well, thank you so much for stopping by here in oh. Pilita en la Musica. It's we feel very fortunate mm. that you guys said yes to this interview. We have been trying for a while, especially mm. Valdemar, because he's a big fan and. Thanks to him, we do this podcast because it's sponsored by Jack Daniels. So thank you, Valdemar, for being here and for the love for Hermanos Gutierrez. And thank you, Hermanos Gutierrez. And of course, shout out to Rocio, who, Gutierrez. <laughs> um, that has nothing to do. She's not a family of Los Hermanos, but um, they're a PR whom we love. And thank you always for making things happen. So thanks, Muchísimas guys. Muchísimas gracias. Yeah. The Buena stars, suerte con todo. Yeah, the stars definitely aligned. Yeah. Thank you, guys, because uh, obviously We've been trying working for here at KCRW is like, yeah, they're, they're going to be here. Okay, let's figure out another mm. room. So thank you, guys. <laughs> Muchas gracias. Gracias a ustedes. You know, Pili, for me, being the youngest of seven, 
Oh my god. Even though technically I'm an only child, but I have three half brothers, three <laughs> right. half sisters. Right. You know, to me they're my brothers and sisters and I always wanted to impress them. Aww. And that's one of the little nuggets in this episode where Alejandro really talks about how he learned to play the guitar and how he missed Esteban, right? Oh, exactly. Because he wanted to do something really cool so when he returned, he's all like, "Check this out." Right. He's like, look how good I've become, huh? Are you impressed now, big brother? I mean, I can relate as well, because as you mentioned, you're the youngest of your household. I'm the youngest as well. And we're the babies. We're the, we're babies. the babies. And I was visiting my best friend um, a couple of months ago, and she has a couple of kids. And I was, I was just observing her. She has three kids. Her little one chasing behind <laughs> his big brother and his big sister yeah. and i turned around and i told my friend mariela i was like that was me like i was the little one trying to impress my older siblings trying to like get their attention trying to be cool like them so that's a good one i i as as a, as the young ones we can relate totally something that really stands out for me from their music is the way that they use space as a sound like their music is so spacious and we talk about that in this interview right and it just really stood out for me especially because as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we got a chance to hear them to see firsthand because you and i were like sitting right in front of them we could right in front we were them. like sentaditos allí hey. con toda like we were just like focused on them because they were so captivating we were mesmerized and i was like wow they really use that space and that like alejandro mentioned the ma which is a japanese yeah. concept and that really stood out for me because i had never heard of that before um but i did notice that silence and that space was very well used by them and i think that's what makes them stand out and what makes them again using this adjective very magical yeah for them that works for me on the radio when i have space and no silence bueno. <laughs> not so good we call that dead podcast, air no bueno tampoco but you know what i started to call it billy i started okay. to call it dramatic silence Ooh, i like that our good friend Anne Litt, she calls it a classical pause. Ooh, I like that too. Tambien, and now, right? But no, the, the whole theory of ma and the way you can really emphasize and create drama. Create drama to your music with just that space and letting it sit and you keep people kind of on their toes. It's actually a real beautiful thing. Muchas gracias to Esteban and Alejandro. By the way, Raul, I got a chance to... Go and see them in Tucson live I again. Know, so jealous. <laughs> I was almost going to hop in the car as well. I know you should have. It was a great concert. I'm obviously a big fan now. And I also got to buy two of their vinyls because you and I are vinyl junkies. So I massive, got their 2019 massive. album, Hoy Como Ayer. And I also got El Bueno y El Malo. Unfortunately, like they were going to sign them. And then we got, you know, we got to drinking and we got too distracted and... Unfortunately, they ended up not signing it. Así que Esteban y Alejandro me deben su autógrafo en my vinyls. <laughs> I think we have access to get them to sign your records, Billy. You're going to be okay. We'll, we'll be seeing those guys again. Hopefully so. See, so thank you guys for such an amazing interview. 
And uh, I hope everyone that's listening out there, please do support Hermanos Gutierrez. You can download and listen to their music on all digital platforms. And of course, buy their merch, which is really cool, and support musicians like them. And thanks again to everybody at KCRW for allowing us to come in and do this recording there, following their amazing performance on Morning Becomes Eclectic, which, by the way, it's archived on their website at kcrw.com. You got it. Okay, ahora vamos a cambiar un poco. Nos vamos a la conversación que tuvo nuestro queridísimo Juanito. De nuestro our man equipo. on the streets. Our reporter man on the, the streets. streets. Man on the ground. Yeah, he got to interview Sebastián Cris, which is a very well-known music producer and engineer who has also been interviewed here in Pilita Una Musica, and it's a dear, dear friend of ours. Para los que no saben, Sebastián en verdad es una leyenda. Es un productor de música que no tiene suficiente espacio eh, para todos los Grammys and Latin Grammys Crazy. that he has won. <laughs> I've seen his studio. I've been in that room. There's not enough space on the piano to hold them all that he started giving them away like he gave one away to his parents. Oh my God, I gift. love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> Todos hemos escuchado el trabajo de Sebastián porque Sebastián ha trabajado con Alejandro Sanz, Elvis Costello, Shakira, Carlos Vive, Luis Fonsi, Gloria Estefan, and the list goes on and on. Bueno, Sebastián Cris acaba de hacer la banda sonora de un musical, Pili. ¡Yuhu! Eso mismo, ¿qué musical es? Es Ooh. la usurpadora, the musical. ¿Te acuerdas de la telenovela, La Usurpadora? Oh, sí. That's like a legendary one. And I'm super excited because Sebastián le encantan los challenges. He loves to be challenged. Le gustan los retos. Y he really did an amazing job with this one. So now we go to our boy Juanito, our man on the streets, our man on the grounds, our reporter, with this chat with Sebastián Cris. Bueno, nos encontramos en el Grammy Museum en el marco de la premier del musical La Usurpadora y es un lujo para nosotros poder entrevistar al aclamado productor e ingeniero Sebastián Cris quien pasó cuatro años dándole forma al inconfundible paisaje sonoro de la película. Hola Sebastián, ¿cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? Todo bien. Bien, un gusto verte de nuevo. Contanos, por favor, ¿cómo te llega este proyecto desafiante? Eh, el productor de la película, Matt Walden, eh, le preguntó a un, un amigo que es un productor muy conocido y gerente de compañía Ron Fair, eh, con, a quien conocía del mundo latino, y me sorprendió mucho la llamada porque... Yo trabajé con Ron Fair la última vez en el año 2000. Eh, así que, nada, le, le recomendó que hablara conmigo y, y fui la pers primera persona que entró al, al proyecto de, del musical antes de que entró Santiago Limón, el director y, y el elenco, ¿no? Y eso fue hace cuatro años. Hace cuatro años. Obviamente hubo pandemia, hubo toda una serie de, de eventos que, que atrasaron ¿no? el proyecto. Ok, pues justamente te iba a preguntar cómo se hace para trabajar durante tanto tiempo en un proyecto no sin perder el, el, el foco. Eh, y eran había momentos muy intensos de trabajo y después valles de inactividad, ¿no? Eh, pero Y también una de las cosas que pasa con un musical es que te, tuvimos que pregrabar todo eh, antes de rodar. Eh, en, entonces hay, hay toda una preproducción eh, antes de que empezamos a rodar que fue bastante, bastante larga, ¿no? Y, ¿Y esta era tu primera experiencia así, como con una película musical? Eh, con una película en general. Hice un documental, la, la banda sonora de un documental hace, no sé, 15 años, de un documental de fútbol, eh, y, y me olvidé ¿no? de este mundo. Eh, así que fue sí, realmente la primera vez una película que no era, no era documental, no por decirlo. 
¿Y cómo se diferencia eso de, de, de bueno, contra los álbumes o sencillos que grabas? ¿Es, es otro mundo? ¿Es muy diferente? Es, es muy diferente en el sentido de que al final estás tratando de ejecutar la visión del director y del productor. Entonces sos, sos un, una persona más dentro del equipo y, y realmente eh, se trata de cómo ellos ven la película y, y tu, tu trabajo es ejecutarlo. Es, es, es diferente cuando sos productor de un disco, un sencillo, estás más a la mano del, del artista tratando de, de unir visiones y, y ejecutar eso, claro. Bueno, ¿y cómo lograste que el sonido de esta conocida obra sonara o sea, más moderna o a la par de nuestros tiempos? Y lo que traté es que sea un poquito atemporal, eh, porque creo que la, la gran virtud de, lo, de los buenos musicales es que se pueden rehacer y, y remontar después de año tras año, ¿no? Eh, Uno puede ver más adelante y que, y que sí. sigan vigentes. Claro, entonces era... Yo creo que si nos íbamos muy... Eh, modernos de, con, la, con la música de hoy, eh, dentro de cinco años ya iba a sonar viejo. Claro. Eh, entonces era, era usar tintes de cosas, pero, pero también eh, muy aferrado a la, a la raíz de, de, de los originales. ¿no? ¿Y costó mucho planear esa adaptación? O sea, ¿fue algo que llevó mucho tiempo ese, esa preproducción? Sí, sí, estuvimos la verdad que bastante tiempo dándole vueltas a, a las canciones. Eh. Después había... En algunos casos había canciones que, que queríamos usar que no conseguimos los derechos, entonces tuvimos que, tuvimos que buscar canciones para reemplazar en esas escenas. ¿no? Interesante, no había, no había pensado en el tema sí. de los derechos. ¿Y cómo se trabajó en la selección de los músicos para las nuevas interpretaciones? Eh, bueno, los músicos, la verdad que una, si hay algo positivo dentro del mundo post-pandemia es que todos estamos conectados en todo el mundo, ¿no? entonces pudimos grabar el mariachi en México, eh, usar músicos de Miami, músicos en Los Ángeles, realmente ir, ir a, a expertos eh, en, en cada, cada instante musical que estábamos buscando. Eh, participan Pepe Ortega, que es un gran productor eh, y, y arreglista que hizo todos los arreglos de mariachi que están en, en la película. Eh, Doug Emery, que es un arreglista productor en Miami. Eh, que trabajó con, con Barry Gibb y Barbara Streisand, que hizo bueno, varios de los arreglos. Eh, eh, hay músicos de la Santa Cecilia que tocaron en, en, en varias de las canciones. Así que fue, fue realmente buscar expertos, ¿no? Claro, eso también te iba a preguntar, o sea, si se había grabado en diferentes estudios de forma remota o si fueron todos a sí, tu no. estudio y... No, fue todo, todo, por, todo por todas partes. Muy bien, claro, bien, bien pandémico. Sí, exacto, bien pandémico. No hay nada, nada pandémico. Bueno, por último, ¿nos podrás contar alguna anécdota divertida que haya ocurrido durante el proceso de, de grabación o, o de producción? Eh, de anécdota divertida de grabación o de producción. Eh, la, la única, la, la imagen que tengo es eh, cuánto más te ponen el, el Q-tip en la nariz en México que acá en Estados Unidos. Acá... Básicamente lo hacen ¿viste? por la parte de afuera, en México te, te, te llevan a te, básicamente es lobotomía, ¿no? Bueno, muchas gracias por tu tiempo y esperamos con ansias la película. Gracias, gracias. Excelente trabajo a nuestro Man on the Street, Juanito. Gracias, Sebastián Cris, por nuevamente ser parte de Pili Raúl en la música. Gracias a ti por escucharnos. Recuerda seguirnos en todos los medios, all social media platforms. We are there, we are present, we love your comments and your love. So we'll see you guys next time. Y Raúl, thank you, bro. 
Thank you, my sister. You got it. Jack Daniels presentó Billy Raúl y la Música, una producción colaborativa de Rainbow Lobster. Idea original Pili y Raúl. Management Criteria Entertainment. Escrito por Marcel Raskin. Dirección creativa El Pana Rechedera. Diseño de audio Alex Funk. Locución Marley Figueroa. 